before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. Lisa Lucas from Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits. I'd like to start a movement where we spend more time loving on our friends because although friends are important to us, they're often in the shadow of other relationships. So if you want to love on your friendships a little bit more, embrace friendship a little bit more, or just appreciate your friendships a little bit more, then this podcast is for you. We'll explore all the different ways friendships take place, share the amazing stories of friendship, and discuss best practices for the difficulties that friends may experience. It's time to embrace friendships because without our friends, who would we be? So check out Best Forevers on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other podcasting listening venues. And be sure to follow Best Forevers Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You are at Perhaps It's You, an unofficial Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. Of the classic television series. Did Wait, you-, you just said Unsolved Mysteries. Oh my God. This is this whole episode is going to be just me getting confused. So man, this my brain is so super fried. tired, y'all. Oh, it's been the longest week ever at my work. That person is Samantha. My name is Liz. I don't yeah, know that we say that every time. No, we, I'm pretty sure we never do. But we probably should do that. Can people even tell us apart? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, oh, I have... <laughs> So many updates. Let's get let's talk about some updates because um yeah, this episode sucks and it's not gonna take us very long. I don't even want to talk about it anyway. I would much rather talk about our updates. So maybe we'll just do that and then And then just call it a day. We won't even talk about this episode. Yeah, maybe if you're a person that just skips to the mysteries, I don't know if we have those people, but you can just skip this whole damn episode. Yeah, you might want to just pass this week. Sorry. Pass. Uh by the time this airs, our tote bags will be for sale. They'll be sold out, I'm sure. Um, yeah, they'll probably sold out, so don't even... But just look. Just check and see if they're sold out, I guess. They probably won't be, so if I'm you sure, want a tote bag... I'm sure I'll be stuck with the entire box of tote bags, so <laughs> please take a look at that. We, if explain. any of our family members are listening, guess what you're getting for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, if you haven't, got, go to our website. There's a link where you can go buy tote bags. Yeah, Do buy, it. Buy um, some tote bags. If you want, check out... We've posted photos of them on Instagram. On Facebook, on Twitter, you can see what they look like, and they're pretty awesome, and you're going to want one once you see them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, huge update. The Vatican huge update. clarified. Oh. There still is a hell. Oh, okay. Well, good. Good news for us. I'm sorry if I misled you, and you had a week of debauchery thinking it didn't matter because there wasn't a hell. So what was it that the Pope said that everyone thought meant there wasn't a hell? I'm not entirely sure. He said something to an Italian reporter that was being reported as the Pope is saying there isn't a hell. And then the Vatican went, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Pump Every, the brakes, Everyone you guys. calm down here. I'm not sure exactly. I'm, I could have looked into it more, but. Well, I mean, whatever. Someone got in touch, was like, yeah, you're not only are you wrong about everything in this episode, you're also wrong that but, there isn't a hell. There thank is. you to all our listeners who uh, informed us about the ways of Catholicism. Uh, we discovered what a cathedral is, which I'm. It's the seat of a bishop. Yes. Okay. Thank you. 
It's not the My architecture mind just style. went. I know I read it's what it is. It's not a level of fanciness. They're as not you might all have cathedral. Yeah, we decided that it was an ornate church was a, uh, a cathedral. Turns out that's not true. No, it's those where are just fancy is. churches. It doesn't even necessarily have to be Catholic if you are also have a faith that has bishops. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, show us how much we know. Um, what else did we learn about Catholicism? I was told some other terms, but I already don't remember them. Like what you should call the backstage. I'm gonna keep calling it backstage though. Because it, yeah. it gives it some panache. Yeah, better than the back of the church. It has a fancy word. Oh. It all has fancy words. Well, yeah. Um, so thanks for schooling us. We've already forgotten everything you've told yeah. us. You were very nice to get in touch. Um, patient. Everybody was like, you know, you could contact me with your questions. Listen, I didn't realize how little I knew until we started talking about it. And Samantha would say things like, what's the difference between a cathedral and a church? And I was like, bitch, I don't know. Why are you asking me? <laughs> You know I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what we don't know. Yes, those were unknown unknowns. So, so yeah, we couldn't ask, because literally my husband Mac was upstairs knowing all of these things, and had I thought to ask about it, I would have just asked him, or fucking Googled it, but I didn't even know. Oh, congratulations goes out to our resident librarian, Megan, who just got engaged oh. in the Bone Chapel what in czechia what formerly known as the czech republic they have a chapel made out of forty thousand skeletons it's made out of bones it's decorated entirely in bones and that's where she got engaged yes oh my god with forty thousand skeletons this is my dream can you get married there i don't know that's a good question i get married at the bone chapel Uh, yeah oh my god like that's the, where I want to get married. The candelabras are made out of like skulls and bones and stuff. It's all fuck yeah. That skeletons. sounds so metal, and I love it. Yes, and that is where she got engaged. A dream that we can all aspire to now. Congratulations, congratulations, to Megan. Megan. So awesome. Did she immediately get shushed for being too loud? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she's one of us. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, that's amazing. Congrats. Uh, we need to thank listener mary jean who sent us two oh, aliens my. in trench coats god you've probably already seen this we couldn't wait our new mascots we could not wait to post them on social media what are their names Liz? we've named them bumpy the kid and sheriff pat garrett because <laughs> we think we're hilarious that's why <laughs> liz's alien is named bumpy the kid mine is Par- <laughs> sheriff pat garrett they have Mary little Jean. trench coats oh my God. with little buttons and little belts, and there's all these tiny little stitches. I don't even understand. How, How do you make a tiny trench coat for an alien? I assume she made a pattern. I don't know. They're very intricate. I don't know. They're amazing. We've started. They have, they're like little beanie babies, kind of. They have like sand or tiny beads or, or rice in them, so they're kind of. They're, they've got some weight. I know. They're I love super them nice. So much. Liz, now in the podcasting studio, has sort of this shrine we're making to ourselves with things people have sent us. We've got the Magic Rock, the Robert Stack sticker that says, I give this parcel <laughs> five out of five Robert Stacks. Mary Jean sent us a very nice card with a handwritten note. And so did um, Christy, who sent us the Magic Rock. And we've got that up there as well. The snacks would be there, but we've been eating them. Yes. Um, Elena. Speaking of snacks, Elena sent us the most amazing gummy bears oh my fucking god because she couldn't get the starburst gummy worms she doesn't live in australia but she felt samantha's pain yes so she sent us us these like gourmet so good fancy as shit gummy bears you know how like these ones have individual flavors distinct flavors. there's some sour ones the sour ones are so good yeah 
I love them. Um, they are from a place called Lolly and Pops, which if they want to sponsor us and pay us only in gummy bears, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll do an ad at every show. Yeah, we will. So get in touch, Lolly and Pops. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> That's my new dream sponsor. Yeah. They're so good. They are, they're not even poisoned. Are there any and cheesies left? Them. No, of course not. <laughs> Those cheesies are long gone. I Those ate cheesies them were all. so good. So I think you have one more surprise from Mary Jean. Yes. Okay. That so I haven't seen yet. So the aliens were a surprise to me. Mary Jean included an extra special surprise that Liz doesn't know about that we're going to do live on the podcast now. Are you ready? I'm so excited. So the oh my god! <laughs> the envelope says assorted MVMs, and inside, what? Mary Jean has made us a variety of mustaches. <laughs> no fucking way! Yes, they're like faux fur, handmade mustaches of various styles and shades of gray. There are definitely some lip curtains in there. Ooh. That white one that is closest to you is definitely a this lip is, curtain. This is a sheriff mustache. That's a bro. sheriff Pat this is Garrett a very mustache. Western. That's kind of a sentient mustache right there. Uh, this I is know. the one I'm most scared of. It's so thick. Is this is like the um, if you. Or on Patreon from the Ghost Report, that guy that goes to Alcatraz, <laughs> that you were insisting his mustache was fake. Maybe it was just this. <laughs> it, was, it was a black version of that. That's sort of a mad scientist mustache. Oh, these are hilarious. Thank you, Mary Jean. We this will is have amazing. To, we'll post some pictures of us wearing them, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> that could be our we'll, new promo. <laughs> We'll definitely post a picture of one. I, I think they have sticky backs. We they can do. Pick our favorite and put it on Robbie Stacky. <gasps> I Someone think- also suggested that we make little felt mustaches for the aliens. Oh my god, we should. Which would be such a good idea. And then we could swap them. <laughs> they could have different disguises. <laughs> oh, oh my god. everybody, you're so great. Thank you. I We have the best listeners. Seriously. Uh, did you also know someone told us that the town of Ypsilanti has a penis-shaped water tower? <laughs> yes. <laughs> People assumed that I knew anything about Ypsilanti. <laughs> I looked I it up on Wikipedia. It does. It's shaped like a penis, which is funny that that was included in our nudist colony episode. Oh yeah, it all comes together. Go on Instagram and find our photo. I asked people what you would serve at a nudist barbecue. <laughs> there were some funny responses. Uh, most a lot of fruit salads, um, chicken wings. That was a, that sure. was a natural choice. Sure. I said Pol- stolen Polish sausage that you got chased out of the store with brooms. No, there's that was we've been over this, Liz. That was a reference. No phallic food to an earlier unsolved mysteries where a guy got drunk and stole some Polish yes. sausage, and then they chased him out of the grocery store with brooms. Yes, and then he shot a gun into the air. Yeah, and now I think is got unfairly convicted of another crime. Yeah, but, he's been wrongfully convicted and is spending the rest of his life in prison. Look, sometimes you get drunk and you eat polar sausages you haven't Listen, paid for. I understand. I, I do. <laughs> it happens. I mean, I've never done it, but I, I feel like I get it. I've been in that headspace. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do we have to talk about... Oh, my God. If you're on Amazon Prime, we are now at season two, episode three. And this episode... Sucks. Blows. Yeah. It's the worst episode. It may be the worst episode ever. We long ago resolved to talk about every single episode. I really regret that decision because I would have liked to skip this one because not only does this have one of the worst mysteries in it ever, but the other mysteries are super fucking boring. Yeah. It's it's either brutal or stupid. Yeah. So 
<laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Um, okay, so we I have put the, off. I have the first mystery. We've put off talking about this episode long enough. We let's get it over. <sighs> with. I have the first mystery. It's an unexplained death, except that it's super explained. Okay, <laughs> this is the mystery yeah. of K Hall back in September thirtieth, nineteen eighty-seven, in Mary Point, Virginia. So K Hall is found crushed to death over under her own truck. Not a great way to go. Gruesome. Yes. Yeah, awful. Who do you think? Who would be our first suspect if a married woman in an abusive relationship was mysteriously found dead under her own truck, had not been robbed, had not been sexually assaulted, had no known enemies? Probably just an accident. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Of course not. Samantha. (laughs) Okay. So it is the night of September 30th. Uh, A pickup truck is discovered on the side of a Virginia back road. The truck's engine was running. The keys are in the ignition. The transmission is in park. When the passer passerbys come out, they go, what the fuck's going on here? They discover that a woman is under the truck's tires. That woman was the truck's owner, 45-year-old Kay Hall. She had been crushed to death shortly after leaving a party where she was kind of mad at her husband and stormed out. <coughs> Him? <laughs> Authorities believe that Kay's killer backed over the body with the left rear tire. When the killer tried to stop the truck, it skidded, causing the front left tire to push Kay's body into the forward position that it was found in. Brutal. (sighs) Yes. So we get a little backstory on this. Um, Kay, I'm not sure if she met Bob while he was in jail or... I think she knew him first and then he went to jail for drug dealing for a couple years. Something like that. They corresponded... Uh, via letter, and by the time he got out, they started an oyster business together. Like you do. Like you do, and it didn't go well. No. So they had no. some... The, the oyster business was not kind to them, <laughs> I believe Bob said. They had financial problems. It led to heavy drinking on both of their parts. There is a reenactment where she, the actress playing Kay, comes downstairs and just says, Honey, it's time to party. <laughs> That's how you know that they both drink too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. He was abusive to her. She had been talking to friends about it. I think she sort of wanted to get divorced, but they like couldn't afford it or it wasn't like a good financial option for them because getting divorced is very expensive. However, she suddenly and unexpectedly got a $50,000 inheritance. When did she die? That same fucking night. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> Who did it? I don't Who know. did it, folks? So Who Bob, knows? Help us, Bob viewers. Hall agrees to appear on Unsolved Mysteries to prove his innocence. Always a good idea. The arrogance. <laughs> the arrogance of that is kind of startling. And maybe you're watching it going, huh, I don't, I don't want to judge, but this guy seems way more concerned with proving his innocence than the fact that his wife got crushed to death, which he isn't upset about and barely mentions, and just keeps going... I don't have an alibi for the time, but it can't be me. And you go, hmm, Bob, I don't know. Yeah. He also is like, but the, the, the investigation is only focused on me. There's no Whoa, other who, suspects, Bob. Who else could it possibly have been? No other suspects. She literally, you had money troubles. She got 50 grand. You were abusive. You were abusive. The two of you had a fight, and then she wound up dead. Under her, her own, own vehicle. Under her own vehicle. And you don't have an alibi for the hour surrounding her death. It's a mystery. He's trying to say, so she leaves the party. His friends drop him off at his house. And he's trying to say, I didn't have time to get over to where she was found dead. 
and get back. And Unsolved Mysteries shows you on a map of Virginia where these different things are. Except then a cop is like, yeah, I did it. It's like 15 minutes away. Yeah. It's really like... Yeah, you could easily have done it. It gives him like half an hour to kill her. Plenty of time. Yeah, it's really plenty of time. There was a scuffle inside the truck. A little two hours after leaving the party, Kay was pronounced dead. By the time she got to the hospital, it was too late. Um, yeah, Bob insists that it's not him, even though he has no alibi. How do you think that this case ended? Oh, it's a mystery. <laughs> it is such a mystery. <laughs> Except that he was convicted and later pled guilty. Yep. I think he maybe pled guilty in exchange for time served or something. He did. That's weird. It's okay. Here we go. From Unsolved Mysteries Wiki. Results. Solved. New information from viewers led authorities to arrest and indict Bob Hall for murder. Because Surprise. it was clearly him. Obviously. The only suspect. And the, the only, only one. person with a motive. Who would, who would do this? Yeah. Yeah. The most damning piece of evidence involved Bob's friend, William Carter. Carter had shot his wife at their home and immediately drove to another house that they owned and made a phone call to establish an alibi. Oh. His wife survived. However, he was convicted of attempted murder. Authorities believe that Bob got the idea to kill Kay, return home, and make a phone call from Carter's actions. So, Because well, it worked out so well for him. Yeah, actually. I'm going to do it. First of all, I like that this murderer is like friends with another murderer yeah it's like oh let's we're both wife killers let's hang out I mean, but then he's like oh you know what didn't work for my buddy will <laughs> i'm gonna do that genius <laughs> um yeah anyway so bob made incriminating statements to investigators virtually confessing to killing Kay accidentally just a week before her death Kay had also meant told a friend that bob had mentioned planning the perfect murder so he told the person that he was going to kill Hey, baby, you know what I've been planning? The perfect murder. And she was like, that's nice, dear. Oh, it was the murder of her. Yeah. In July 1990, Bob was convicted of Kay's murder and sentenced to 20 years in prison. In early 1992, he appealed his conviction and was given a second trial. Don't know why. The judge sorted his sentence to time served in exchange for Hall's guilty plea to second degree murder. He was given 15 years probation and released from prison. That's so, what? That's so short. Yeah. That's bullshit to me. Yeah, it is. Anyway, sorry, Kay. It sucks. I'm sorry that Bob was the worst. No. I don't know. And I'm sorry that he hung out with another murderer that gave him a bad <laughs> murder plot idea. Yeah. Yeah, don't go into the oyster business. That might be another lesson from this. Yeah, the other thing that was, it seemed like she was a bit intoxicated when she left that party. I was, was trying to figure out how he got her underneath that car. She was quite drunk. She was extremely that drunk. That was part of his, okay, so he, maybe I didn't explain this with it very well. She leaves the party separately. He gets dropped off by his friends at his house. So his alibi or whatever was, how could I get from my house to finding wherever she was and right. get back to my house in time to make a phone call? Except you know the route she's going to take. Yeah. Not. It, it it did seem like there was a struggle in the car, the investigator said. So, and she was quite intoxicated and probably shouldn't have been driving anyway. Right. So, I'm assuming that he was able to overpower her. I think that's the case. And get her under the car. Yeah. Really sad. sad. And a terrible way to die. It's a terrible way to die. Ugh, it was gruesome. The way they described it, too, was 
not pretty. No. I don't recommend it, but I don't really recommend you watch this episode I mean, at all. Yeah, so, so just skip this episode. <laughs> I would not recommend it. Because next we have probably the most boring mystery, if you can call it a mystery, that Unsolved Mysteries has ever okay, done. But this has one of my favorite Robert Stacky moments at the end. Go. It does. Did I just say Robert, Robbie Stacky when I meant Robert Stack? I don't know. I think I did. My brain is jello right now, so I didn't even notice. You know who's standing right behind, right behind me, me, looking over my shoulder? Yeah, Robbie it's Stacky. a little unsettling because I'm staring across oh, hey, the Samantha. table at you. <laughs> hey. uh, I think and I, Robbie I, Stacky's I think I just like just, just like right over your shoulder. This doesn't have one of my ra- ra- favorite Robbie Stacky moments because I'm sure Robbie Stacky wasn't even alive yet. That's one of my favorite Robert Stack moments. It does. It's on our Instagram. Anyway. So Robert Stack, okay, this is a fraud, first of all. And Robert Stack begins the segment by saying that New Yorkers have a reputation for being streetwise and savvy. They can take care of themselves. No one's going to pull a fast one on them. Yet each year, Robert Stack says, <laughs> New Yorkers lose more money to scams and con men than to bank robberies. Which I don't know how impressive that is. I feel like... Yeah, there's probably not that many bank robberies. There's not that many bank robberies. How much money do you actually lose like, as a person yeah. when a bank is robbed? That's a weird statistic. So that doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but whatever. Over the last 15 years, over 5,000 people have fallen prey to a very clever, highly organized scam. I wrote this in my notes just calling it dumb coin scam. It's a dumb coin scam. So we meet this guy named Jerry Diner, who was a typical unsuspecting victim, is what Robert Stagg calls him. Uh-huh. So this is the scam. A guy comes up to you on the street acting drunk or despondent. He tells you he found a bank deposit envelope. There is a name and phone number and address on the envelope. And inside are two coins or multiple coins. The man is very insistent that you need to help him call the owner of the coins. You finally do. By and saying like he doesn't use phones. Yeah, it's very strange. And like it's he, this person is hounding you is saying, I, I need help. I need help. I need help. Finally, you call the number, and the person is a very successful doctor. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. This doctor tells you that they are a coin collector, and they've lost these very valuable coins. They're so valuable, in fact, that there is a $1,000 reward for them. What? I want $1,000. Give me $1,000. I know. But the doctor is very busy, and you have to go to him. So what ends up happening, one way or another... Well, doctors are busy, Samantha. They have lives to save. That makes sense. You're convinced to buy the coins from the drunk guy for $100. Your plan, of course, is to turn them in for the $1,000 reward and make a little profit. Um, well, for ob- your trouble. Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously, there's no one to collect the coins, and the guy gets to your $100 and just disappears into the crowd, um, and you are just scammed out of $100. Jerry, who is the victim we meet, says that what got him was that it was a totally non-threatening encounter. It was entirely up to him. At any point, he could have walked away. The other thing is that you feel like you're doing a good deed. So the person has told you that they're homeless, they're obviously intoxicated or not in their right mind. And you think, well, I'm going to get $1,000, so I'll give this guy 150 or whatever, and yeah. I'm doing a good deed, and I'm going to make some money. And then Jerry is also Everybody like... Everybody wins. Yeah, and then Jerry is also kind of like, oh, it felt like I was doing something illicit. And I'm like... I, so he kind of felt like he was living dangerously, because yeah. he was like doing this like interaction with this drunk guy. He's I, like, well, I, I know. know that the reward is this much, but I'm only going to give him $160. Right. Ha ha ha. Because this guy refuses to use phones, but yeah. is very insistent. I get these coins back to the successful doctor. Right. A normal thing that happens. Yeah. 
totally. So Jerry started getting a little suspicious when he looked closely at the coins, which were labeled rare, but they were... <laughs> As coins are! <laughs> but they were in the amount of 13... No, $1,350, $600, and $300. And he says to himself, Self, why would he offer a $1,000 reward when these coins are only worth like $2,000? But then he said maybe there was, they like have a sentimental value or whatever. And so he goes to the address, which is an apartment building where everyone is sent. And the doorman is like, sorry, dude, everyone comes here with the same scam. There's no I think it's doctor. funny that they haven't changed the address over the years. They just keep sending them to, to this the same one place. apartment building where a doorman has to be like, no, I'm not part of the scam. Why would I send you to myself? Right. And then people are like, God damn it. And they have to leave. The doorman was really funny. He just had this cheeky grin. He's like, yeah, we see all kinds of these people. And I always have to tell them there's no doctor here. You're the second guy this week. Like, Right. Yeah. And then Robert Stack says, first of all, he is very sassy about these coins. He was like, this coin is worth all of 10 cents. Right. This coin is worth nothing. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, this is fake. And then he says, if you are approached by one of these con artists, for heaven's sake, don't buy these coins. That's my favorite. He seems like kind of angry about it. Yeah. I forgot to mention in my mystery that when Robert Stack is talking, he's outside in the pitch blackness, and all you can hear is like the hum of crickets. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Very creepy. Very creepy. Um, That's it for this mystery. It was just like a PSA to don't be an idiot and give your money to this obvious scam. Um, For heaven's sake, Samantha, don't buy those (laughs) coins. Yeah. The coin's just labeled rare. I really enjoyed... Rare, valuable coin. I did really enjoy the actor in the reenactment who played the drunk guy. Yeah. He seemed like he was having a great time. He did. He and then having- the, the guy on the end of the phone that was like a con man that was for some reason really dressed up yeah. to answer a payphone. He had that pretend- sexy lady who's smoking a cigarette <laughs> crossing her legs. She <laughs> leans against... That's how you know yeah. that he's a con man is he's got some mole with him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's very strange and probably not how that con goes sure. down. Pretty but sure. that was it. Are you ready for the worst <sighs> mystery ever? And I do not say that lightly. I realize really? I use Can a lot of hyperbole. No, we say this a lot. We said this about Alcatraz. We said this about no. all kinds of mysteries. Yeah, I said that about Alcatraz, forgetting that there's a mystery where a ton of dogs die. This is horrible. The worst. I hate this one. I really wanted to skip it, but we... <sighs> We told ourselves we were going to do this. Liz got this mystery by the luck of the draw. She's now stealing herself. There are a few happy moments in this one. Like, there's a couple happy endings. You do get to see some cute dogs. You get to see some cute dogs. The dogs in the reenactment, I assume, don't die. I assume the reenactment is not that accurate. I assume. I was really hoping we would get a shot of Robert Stack with a dog. And he, at one point, is walking down, like, a kennel. Yeah. But he didn't strike me as kind of a, a dog type of guy. But for Easter, the Unsolved Mysteries Twitter I was page mention that. had that gif of him with a border collie. It was Lassie, I think. That was Lassie, I the most so. famous dog in the world. I assume that was, I assumed that was Lassie. Oh my god! I tried to Google Robert Stacking Lassie, and I didn't really get anything. But check out the Unsolved because Twitter. all your Google hits were actually about his threesomes. That did come up actually. <laughs> <There> was- <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor came up in my Google Google search, which I assume had. To I do with learned the last night that Robert Stack went to Hollywood High, 
and oh. someone is selling his a yearbook that he's in oh on God. eBay right now for like a hundred dollars, and I'm not gonna act buy it. fast, you guys. If you want a, a Robert Stack's yearbook from Hollywood High, is it signed? Is it his actual yearbook? No, it's just a yearbook. Just he's in, he's it. in it. Yeah, there's just a little picture of teenage Robert Stack in there. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I'm looking at your neighbor's dog right now. I'm gonna just cleanse oh, my palate the entire that's time. Leroy. Leroy, he looks like a chocolate lab. He barks at me despite seeing me every day. <laughs> well, it's Hi, like Leroy. a new experience every time he sees you. He's he's very protective of my neighbor. Sure. Anyway, let's talk about Mabel, who is a sweet, sweet deer. <sighs> Mabel Wood always loved animals, and she decided that she was going to start a sanctuary for dogs, which is what I want Samantha to do. I would love to do that. She ha- She bought a 110-acre farm, and she built a $60,000 kennel to house... 115 dogs that she was carrying And they're all so cute. You you get to see Mabel, like, rescue a dog off the street, which I'm assuming was staged, but it was so cute the the entire time. It was so cute. Like, it was super fuzzy and cute, and the entire time she's just like, why are you out here on the road, little doggy? And it's just so fucking cute. I'm sure that's exactly what she was like, too. I'm pretty sure. Because she dedicated her life to making this dog sanctuary. Yeah. Which, again... Samantha. It was so sweet. Dog it was like sanctuary. it was like dogs who could get adopted would get adopted, but if they couldn't, they could live out their lives on Mabel's farm. Yeah. It was adorable. Because, yeah. Cuz she was a good dogs person. Are not super adoptable. Well, and she specifically picked this <laughs> land in cuz the closest neighbor was like a mile away. Yeah, they w- and they would not be disturbed. She didn't by just the throw dogs. up this kennel in the middle of downtown. She said that her dr- her dream growing up was always to have lots and lots of animals. And they showed her like playing with the dogs, and it's so, so cute, so sweet. Yeah. <sighs> I so, hate okay. this one. Eighteen months after she moves to the farm, someone fires shots at some of the dogs, yeah. and she has to take one of them to the vet, and it's saved. But I think the other ones died. I think the other ones died. She found it in a pool of blood, and it's terrible. But they did show the collie who survived. It was That's shot, true. he got shot in the head, but he made it, and she, they show him in the episode, and he's super cute. Okay, so that was on December 11th, 1986, someone broke into the kennel and shot some of her dogs with a twenty two caliber rifle, killing two and injuring several others. When she discovered the dogs the next day, she rushed the most seriously injured ones to the vet, and they were saved. The police investigated, but at the time, it was a low priority because animal cruelty was considered a misdemeanor. If someone is coming onto your property and shooting living things... Seems like a problem. Seems like a problem, but okay. Seems like it should be a problem. After the shooting, Mabel hired an assistant named Charlie to help her, and he acted as sort of a hired hand and night watchman, I think mostly so she wasn't alone on the farm. Yeah, I think so. And just so she had some extra help. Two months later, vandals returned with a vengeance, according to Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, (laughs) and on the night of February 10th, 1987, they burned down the kennel with 60 dogs trapped inside. And I'm so, so sorry to tell you that because it's awful. I know. So in the reenactment, Charlie, who's who lives in a guest house, so he could be the night watchman, is like in his kitchen, just another night, ho-hum. And then he looks out the window and it's like bright orange. Yeah. So he runs outside. The kennel is completely on fire. <sighs> All the dogs are trapped in it and yelping. And he, they try and get him out, but the fire is just too hot. They can't they get in there. Only He's only able to save one dog. 
And Mac was like, way to have this night watchman who doesn't notice that the kennel's on fire. But I think so much was accelerant was used that it just went up really fast. And I don't think there's anything that was the impression I got. And it it burned from the inside. It burned from the inside. And this is terrible. But the dogs, some of the dogs were on fire because accelerant had gotten on them. I know. This is, this person is the worst person ever. Yeah. The, The blaze was so intense that smoke alarms were set off in homes a mile away. Yeah, it was so bad. So I don't think there's anything that they could have done. No. And the fire obviously completely destroyed the kennel. According to Mabel, there was no reason for the fire to start accidentally. The kennel was brand new. She specifically says that a lot of it is made with green lumber. Yeah. So it's not very flammable. Also, like, dogs were literally on fire. Yeah. Well, and they had just experienced this incident where someone came and shot the dog so clearly someone wanted them dead right so they show a reenactment of the local volunteer fire department coming out to investigate and they show you patterns of spalding which is when a flammable substance is ignited on concrete which is a sign of arson so they found that at the floor of the kennel also it was like so hot that the concrete had cracked ugh <sighs> Investigators <laughs> believe that on the night of the fire, the assailant entered through the doors that separated the two parts of the kennel. The assailant poured gasoline on the dogs and the walls and the floors of the kennel, and they went back out the doors and lit the fire. A hundred yards away. So then, at this point, the police get involved once it's established that it's an arson. Yeah. And they found tire tracks in the mud. There was a few leads in the case, and some possible suspects were eliminated. They said that when they were investigating and they were, like, talking to local people, most people didn't even know Mabel was there. Yeah. Because she... It was not that loud. She kept to herself. Her neighbors were at least a mile away. Like... They were like, there's a kennel over there? Yeah. They didn't even know she was there, because she had only been there 18 months. Yeah. So they were like, who? What are you talking about? Um, they show that she builds a new kennel, which yeah. is attached to her house and surrounded by a eight foot brick wall. And she's like, I realize people could scale the wall. But I let these vicious dogs <laughs> yeah. out when now, I'm not around. Now she lets out the mean dogs to patrol. <laughs> um, she's so sweet. And she built They showed the kennel and she has tons of dogs there now. Apparently, though, she continued to get threats. Yes. Despite this, she's still being terrorized. The assailants spread nails across her driveway. They have sent death threats to her. They have called with death threats. On two occasions, her house had been shot at. Graffiti that said, quiet or die, was painted across the entrance of her kennel. Her friends and family wanted her to move, but Mabel was like, no, this is my home, and I love it here, and I'm not going to let these people scare me away. Um, It's unresolved, weirdly enough. Uh, Mabel passed away July 4th, 2012, at the age of 90. Um, the sheriff's department was still working on the case. They followed several leaves, but none of it panned out. Yeah. Um, it's really sad. It's, it's, it sort of seems like after this aired on Unsolved Mysteries that whoever the person was stopped harassing her because of the increased scrutiny. So that's kind of good. But I, I really wish they had been caught. It really didn't seem like one of her neighbors. It didn't seem like the kennel was a nuisance at all. Her neighbors didn't even know she was there. I think it was just some psycho. It's so weird. Because, I, I yeah, I don't think that the dogs were actually loud enough for anyone to hear them. No. So she lived in the middle of the country. She was in the middle of nowhere. On purpose. Yeah. Um, so I think someone was just literally a psycho. Some people just really hate dogs. I don't get it. Those people can't be trusted, and we should just... 
I don't send them to underground camps. There was a, a a problem in my neighborhood for a while where someone was poisoning bread. That seems to happen every year. And dumping it into people's yards. And then every so often, Lenny will just like, you know, there's like litter and whatever around here. Every so often, Lenny will just like find bread in a bush and he'll be so excited. And I'll be like, oh my God. It's poison. And so far, he's fine. But yeah, no. Oh, That's God. Terrible. That's terrible. You know, Mabel, we thank you for being so nice. Mabel's so sweet. And starting she, over with her new kennel and a new dog. And, and despite the horrible thing that happened to her, she's like, I'm not going to leave. They're not going to scare me away. I'm going to keep rescuing dogs. And she did. She got like another hundred dogs. Yeah. And so. it does seem like Unsolved Mysteries like scared that person into leaving her alone. But I wish they had served some time. Me too. I wish they would have been caught. We'll just assume that karma caught up with them. I mean, maybe they didn't do anything else because... They fell in a well. Let's hope. Or fell off a cliff. Let's hope. Or lit themselves on fire by accident. Let's hope. Yes. Yeah. So that is the end of that. Let's never speak of it again. Okay. So next mystery. This is Missing Persons. We open with Hawaiian music. This is a weird one. This this one is weird and mildly interesting, I have to say. Uh, Hawaiian music, aerial shots of the island, and Robert Stack's voiceover telling us that the island is more than a tourist destination. Maui is dotted with tiny villages dependent on the unpredictable Pacific for their livelihood. Yeah. Surprise, it's not just a tourist destination. Do we get to see Robert Stack in a Hawaiian shirt? Sadly, no. No. That would have really elevated this segment. I'm not even asking for a grass skirt. Just... (laughs) You know, stupid Tommy Bahama shirt. Yeah. No. Maybe some no. khaki shorts. No. Can you imagine? I can, actually. I'm imagining it right now. So one of these traditional fishing villages is Hana, or Hana, I'm not quite sure, a town of approximately 1,200 people. On February 11th, 1979, five local men decided to take the day off to go fishing for fun in their 17-foot Boston whaler named the Sarah Joe. The water was very calm that I don't day. Like that name for a boat. No, and I have to keep saying it. <laughs> keep going on about the Sarah Joe. Yeah. So the water was very calm. They took off around 10 a.m. Between them, the men had over 50 years of experience on the ocean. When they left, all was calm, but by 1 p.m., a freak wind swept over the mountain. John Hanchett, who was the um, father of one of the men on the Sarah Joe, tells us that the wind switched. Instead of coming from the east, it switched and blew in from the west, coming over the mountains. He tried to get down to the shore to see if he could spot the men in the boat and wave them in because he was very concerned about the weather, but he wasn't able to find them. Within an hour, the storm arrived in all its fury. John Hanchett went out into the storm on his boat to try and find the missing Sarah Joe and the five men, which included his son, but the gale force winds were too strong. A marine biologist named John Naughton says that the winds were 30 to 40 knots and there were 20 to 25 foot seas. They showed like a video footage of storm. I'm not sure if it was the storm, but um, it looked terrifying and I would yeah. not want to be in a boat in the ocean. During I mean, it. I don't want to really be in a boat that, that small in the ocean ever. But No, definitely not. John Hanchett continued his search the next day with help from the biologist John Naughton. There was no sign of the men. The Coast Guard searched the following day. But the area was very large to begin with, and as they went on and on, the area just kept getting larger and larger, and they weren't able to find anything. They mentioned that part of the problem was that it was a blue boat with white trim, which just looks like water. Yeah. So I wrote down that you should have a neon-colored boat. 
Yeah. That's why they, like, all the safety gear is bright orange. Yeah. Because it used to be blue. And one of, we read that book for book club, the one about the girl alone, alone orphaned on orphaned the ocean. on the ocean. Which is the story of, a banana story of this family that was out on a, a yacht um, that got murdered. And she survived on a little like floating raft piece for, of cork, for basically. days and it was With white fish biting her and, and it was a, a miracle that a boat spotted her because it was like a white life raft it was and just she was wearing a white dress white speck on all of the ocean and after that they started making stuff orange bright orange because it's not a natural color yeah. you can spot it more easily but yeah the sarah joe was a turquoise boat with white trim and the coast guard said it's kind of hard to spot in blue water with white caps yeah it's pretty pretty much just what it looks like please have a neon yellow or orange boat yeah five days later the coast guard suspended their search the small community continued to hope but no sign of the men or the sarah joe ever appeared but then on september 9th 1988 which was 10 years after the sarah joe disappeared the story took a bizarre turn it sure did yeah two thousand miles West of Maui, in the Marshall Islands, a wrecked boat was spotted on the tiny island of Tongi. In an incredible coincidence, the man who first spotted it was John Nutton, the marine biologist who helped search for the Sarah Joe it's 10 years before. super weird. <laughs> Crazy. They landed on the island to examine the wreckage. It was badly damaged, but they were able to make out enough of the registration numbers to know that it had come from the Hawaiian Islands. A few yards away, they discovered a makeshift grave, which was a pile of coral rocks and a crude wooden cross. Protruding from the grave was a human jawbone. There was no evidence that the island was inhabited. The Coast Guard confirmed that the registration numbers did belong to the Sarah Joe. They put the jawbone in a plastic sandwich bag in the reenactment. <laughs> they did. They did do that. Uh, And then dental records recovered from the partial human skeleton found that um, it was Scott Mormon, one of the five missing men. In the grave, they also found a pile of small squares of paper. In between each sheet was an even smaller square of some kind of tinfoil-like material. Fucking weird. Yeah, they were never able to figure out how it got there or what purpose it served. Um, The 2,000-mile journey from Maui to the Marshall Islands should have taken three months. But the brother of one of the victims... Can you imagine? Yeah. No, I can't. I think I would just die. I think they probably... Is that a terrible thing to say? I think they probably did. I don't know. The the brother of one of the victims claims that the U.S. government did a survey of Tongi in 1985 and found no trace of the missing boat. If this is true... Robert Stack asks, where was the Sarah Joe in the six years between when the boat went missing and when the island was surveyed? I'm just guessing they didn't do a good job surveying it. <sighs> yeah, I think so. I mean, um, that's my theory. Yeah, or maybe it seems but then like... who buried him? You could have just asked the government, did you survey this island? And they right. could have just told you if they did. I don't know. It's very strange. Even if... So if it took three months to get... Even if it took, like, two months... To get from what are they Maui. Eating? Yeah, what are they eating? How did someone survive? Or I guess maybe they didn't survive. I guess they're... But someone had to have survived long enough who to bur- bury... Yeah, who buried To them? bury that person on the island. Under the rocks and then makeshift cross. I guess it's possible they brought food with them on the on the boat, but not enough, I can't imagine, to, for, for five people to survive. For months. Even if they're somehow catching fish and stuff. Yeah, Just the crazy. heat of the sun. Where's their w- drinking water coming from? I don't know. Yeah, you couldn't survive three months without water. 
It's so weird. It's a weird story. I don't know that it was ever solved. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, dear God, I hope that never happens to me. Oh, my God. Well, we'll nev- will uh, we ever find ourselves in a, on a dinghy in the ocean? Nightmare. Probably not. I will just jump into the sea. End it, yeah. To get eaten by sharks. Right? That's what happens if you go in the sea. Sure. I sure. think so. So this episode ends with... They say another FBI alert, which we haven't had any yet. <laughs> so, but I'm assuming they just had didn't make it to Amazon Prime. Uh, this is just a tiny like America's Most Wanted case. Oh, it's a about stolen baby. Yes, I think this was kind of a problem at the time, but there's increased hospital security. I don't hear about this happening. You can't so much just anymore. walk out with a baby. Yeah, this was the baby's name was Avery James Norris. Um, he was only two days old. This was in Baltimore, Maryland, September 21st, 1989. Uh, little eight-pound baby. Um, the new mother, Linda Norris, was instructed by a woman dressed as a nurse to hand over her new barren son. Obviously, she did, right? She's yeah. in the hospital. She's exhausted from labor. A nurse comes in and is like, oh, here, like, give me the son. Well, and only recently have hospitals started allowing you to keep your baby in the room with you. Yes, true. Typically, your baby would be taken to a nursery f- under the assumption that, you know, the mom needs to rest or whatever. So it probably wasn't super unusual to hand your baby off to a nurse no. and have the nurse she, leave with it. She said that the baby needed a physical examination and then would be placed back in the new baby unit. Um, the, oh, the mother's name was Linda. So Linda's baby and the woman then vanished. So authorities were on the search for Avery and her abductor. Fortunately, this case was not solved by Unsolved Mysteries. What happened is that the kidnapper called the records office and claimed that she had given birth at home two months previously. And because of this case, they were highly suspicious of that. <laughs> so it turned out that um, they took some dna and it turned out that it was avery so avery was brought home safe to her parents it was really sweet at the end but also sad it said that this was the first time that the parents had been able to hold their baby yes which can you imagine giving birth and then like your baby disappears your baby's kidnapped and you have no idea what's going to happen you can't hold them they they interviewed her the mother linda when the baby was missing and she seemed so remarkably calm to me i feel like i would just be tearing down the wall i mean that has to be a shock because it's the worst possible scenario but fortunately the baby was returned home safely and you get to see like a little yeah it's sweet you used to hear about these cases where someone really really wanted an infant and couldn't have one and then would end up Stealing one from a store, stealing one from a hospital. And I don't I just don't hear about that so much anymore. Not as much. So um, they did catch the kidnapper. Who looked um, nothing like the sketch of her. No, not a thing. <laughs> not at all. But her name was Charlene Wilkerson. Um, she was convicted to three counts of camp kidnapping and sentenced to 30 years in prison, but she's since been released. And um, the family sued the hospital where that happened, but I don't know what happened with that. I'm glad the baby got back safe. This episode also had a very unnecessary update, once yeah. again, of our buddy Jim, who was looking for his nurse. Vietnam nurse. But we already know that they found each other. And and by update, Unsolved Mysteries means they play the whole segment again. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. We You'd think we would know, because we run an Unsolved Mysteries podcast, but <laughs> instead it just is a, a, it's just stuck in our craw. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna I bo- hate it. Bother me until the end of time. Yep. 
Should we rate this episode that we clearly do not like? Sure, I guess. Uh, mysteriousness. The only one I think was mysterious that was boat the boat thing one. thing is mysterious. It is very mysterious. What happened? How did one of them get buried? What on earth are those pieces of I paper? I want to know. Were they, you know, was this a Donner Party situation on the water? Like, I'm very curious about it. Unfortunately, we know nothing. Oh, my God. So that one Would was... you watch that movie? Hell, yes, I would. Donner Party on the Water. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie, yeah. Open Water? Yes. You did? I think I did, but I can't recall a lot of the details. I just saw the trailer for oh, that. Oh, okay. And the trailer scared me so bad that I will never watch the movie. But it's someone that goes scuba diving and they come back to the surface and they're both gone and then they're just like stuck. Oh, nope. I've never seen that. I'm thinking of a totally different movie. Oh. Although I remember seeing the trailer and that is fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. The, the idea the of that The ocean is so scary. Like, we're, I love the ocean, but also we're in landlocked Minnesota. We're very so landlocked people. This is not our world. <laughs> it is not our world at Seems all. Seems terrifying. I've only been to the ocean a handful of times. I loved it, but... I don't know that I would want to be on like in like open water on a little I, boat. Like on the beach is one thing, but yeah. Uh, well, I I w- yeah I would like some answers to that mystery. It is mysterious. The reenactments for that I feel like must have been hard. Yeah, because you're like out on the island. I don't even know what they how they did that. I don't know. Anyway, so but I'm still like a thumb sideways because the other ones aren't mysterious at all. No, that guy clearly killed his wife. I guess we don't know who was a dick and killed all those dogs, but... That's mysterious, but I don't want to even talk about that anymore, so I'm not even weighing it. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So sideways. Reenactments, I don't know. They're fine. They're fine. I feel like the boat ones were hard to do, but yeah. also who cares? Um, <laughs> though, like, the only thing that's mildly humorous is the fake drunks in the first mystery that where one she's was like it's humorous. time to party and then they're like at some cocktail party and he like over tips or something and she's like Ugh, and gets mad and leaves which that's the stupidest if reason I got, to get mad at someone ever travis they, always over tips if i got mad at him every time i would be like i get mad at people for under tipping i can't yeah. imagine getting mad at someone for i over-tipping. would never get mad at someone for over tipping servers yeah. work hard and they make no money yeah like of course you should tip them well I mean, I realized they were having money troubles, but... That's true. But whatever. So, maybe no. just don't go out then. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. The coin fraud thing uh, had some blah, blah, funny blah. reenactments. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. The guy answering the phone and being like, yes, I'm a famous <laughs> doctor. Dr. Rich Money Bags Rare Coin Collector. Dr. Stone is what... Oh my god! What do you so, call himself? But can you know. should you watch this whole episode for that five? Seconds? I don't think you should watch this episode at all. So I have a thumbs sideways. Yeah, I guess. sure. Fine. Fashion. I don't know. Unremarkable. Yeah, that's what I wrote. Not remarkable. Whatever. I don't know. Robert Stack was fine. Um, I did like seeing him in just like a field of darkness with only the crickets to keep him company. <laughs> that was good. But and him with the coin mystery, just like. For God's sakes, you morons! Don't fall for this scam! He's like like so frustrated. He's like a dad. That's just how I pictured him. He's like, this is worth no money at all, you dummies. Yeah. Um, I don't know, whatever. Do you have an MVM? The only thing I could... There was... There was a guy at the very beginning. Yeah, there's like a cop mustache that I scribbled down from the very beginning. I didn't even write his name. It's... I wrote boring cop mustache. I was hoping there was going to be a better mustache, and then there never was. So, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. What do you rate this episode? Blah. Zero. I hate this episode. I don't One. know. One. I, I don't. Have, meh. I don't even want to read it. I did like the boat mystery. Yeah. Like, I would watch that movie, but I. One and a half. 
No, I'm thinking like 0.5 over sex. <laughs> I've rated a meh. I don't even think it deserves a number. We're not going to rate this one. This is unrated. It's unrated. <laughs> this is the unrated edition. And not because we forgot to rate it, like those couple no. episodes in the beginning, because we hated it so much. This is probably one of our, yeah, I'm sure this episode isn't even going to be funny because it's just us being like, oh, I hate it. Yeah, sorry. Anyway. You have to go back to the last episode, which is me constantly giggling <laughs> to the point where it's obscene. <laughs> we cannot, had a lot of fun. Unsolved Mysteries is such myself. a roller coaster because last time we had so much fun. And this week I feel like, ugh. Now I just, just want a nap. I know. You know? I want to eat some more of those gummy bears and just yeah. go to sleep. I could use like a bath. I don't know. <laughs> this is a bummer. Yeah, I really d- disliked it. So, okay, we have recommendations next. <sighs> What's your recommendation? <laughs> My recommendation is that maybe you go, oh, I have to watch a mystery about a bunch of dogs dying. Go I'll, adopt a dog or I'll something. I'll go get my dog to comfort me. Don't do that. He will not like the noises that are on during that segment. That's what I learned. Because I was like, I want to pet Lenny while I watch this. Because Did, be your, so did Lenny freak out? My dogs were listening to the barking dogs. And yeah, they thought there like was that. dogs in the room. He really hates the sound of crows. On anything. Just crows specifically? Specifically crows. Oh. And he'll freak the fuck out if there's some crows on TV. But if there's a sound of dogs, he'll like start looking for the... He's so dumb. You guys. He's real dumb. At the end of this, we should bring him in here and get him to howl. Yeah, we should. I don't know where he is right now. With Mac somewhere. With Mac. Okay. My, I have a real recommendation. Okay. What's your real recommendation? But I'm just so bummed out. <laughs> <laughs> that it's hard to muster the energy to make a real recommendation, which is for a movie called The Love Witch, <laughs> which I recently rewatched. I got it from the library. Nice. So it is a movie that came out maybe in 2016, whatever, pretty recently. Yeah. It's made by director Anna Biller. It looks like a movie from the late 60s, early 70s. It's shot on film. It has that, like, technicolor look. The colors are very bright and, like, an Italian horror movie from that era, (laughs) which, oh, man, do I love that so much. Um, I thought that I liked this movie more for its, like, style than anything else because it has, like, a very distinctive look. And, like, the outfits are amazing and everything. But then when I was rewatching it, I was like, no, this is all pretty great. So it's a story of a woman who is a witch and thinks that she's doing uh, everything she's supposed to do to, like, find love. But she's also a murderer. Nice. So it's she's kind of delusional. <laughs> um, it's hilarious in its own weird way. Just the title alone sounds hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 really something and there's a part i looked into it because there's a part where uh i forget if the main character's name is elaine or elena but anyway the love witch <laughs> is like lying on this like occult rug and i was like oh my god i need that rug does that rug exist oh the director made it herself <laughs> she was like so devoted to this project that she made the costumes she oh made paintings that appear in the movie she learned how to latch rugs <laughs> she made like all the props herself that's incredible which i just respect so much i think she did the music it's like unbelievable the amount of work that this must have been wow and it's it's just a really freaking cool movie i think you can rent it on amazon for like three dollars 
Or you can get it from the library. And if your library doesn't have it, you should say, order this movie. I actually had to wait a long time to get it. It was in demand. Oh, wow. So there you go. I think you should check out The Love Witch. Even if you just watch the trailer, which is hilarious, you'll know if this is a movie for you or not. We'll definitely have to post the trailer. Yeah, it's on Facebook. Oh my God, it's so good. Nice. Okay. I love the recommendation. That's my recommendation. I'm recommending a podcast that's very popular, so a lot of people probably already listen. I've listened to it for a long time, but their most recent series has got me just like reinvigorated on this podcast. It's the Oh No, Ross and Carrie podcast. Yeah. It's a Maximum Fun Network podcast. They're really popular. They got, I think they really took off when they did Scientology. So they're a podcast, if you're not familiar with them, where they investigate claims of the paranormal fringe science um they did an episode where they did like colon cleanses like they they will go and do it so they joined the mormon church which is a really good series Mm -hmm. that they did they joined scientology essentially they have this humongous like a million part series on scientology that is really popular their most recent one however they're they are doing ayahuasca oh yeah you told me about that i think i did I have no of ayahuasca because I went to Peru two years ago and we hiked the Inca Trail, which that was a whole thing. But our tour guide, who was amazing, his name was Raul, told us about how he would do ayahuasca every weekend. Um, but it's, I think it's like a cactus plant or something that you right. brew into a tea and then it's a hallucinogenic drug. So they literally went to um, Costa Rica and went to an ayahuasca resort okay, where you can do ayahuasca. And Doesn't the- it make you really sick? Yes. Yeah. It'll make you puke and throw up. If you're very squeamish of those things, you might not want to listen to the series. They don't go into graphic details, but they definitely bring it up a lot. Because, yeah, one of the main side effects of this drug is intestinal issues, but it's also like a really serious hallucinogenic. And the point of this resort is like Americans, basically, who like normal, like it's not a good idea to go to a different country and do ayahuasca because you can get taken advantage of. Sure. Um, You're the dumb American on this debilitating hallucinogen um, and you're just exposing yourself to a lot of risk. You wake up and you've bought worthless rare coins. No. Yeah. Or like your kidney is missing or something. Sure. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Your passport is gone. Seems highly likely. So they... They have mentioned on their podcast in the past that they'd be interested in doing ayahuasca. They did um, holotropic breath work. Oh, yeah. Which is where you can literally just breathe a certain way and you get high. And it, like, worked really well for them. And they were like, yeah, we would do ayahuasca. Because a lot of people who do breath work also do plant medicine, which is what they call it. But it's hard to find a safe way to do it. So this retreat is, like... They're like, we're a a hospital, and, like, if something bad happens to you, we'll just take you to the ICU, and, like, this is a safe place, and, like, that's their pitch. Sure. And they go down there, and calamity ensues. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but Ross, who is this very straight-laced guy, he works for Disney, he, prior to going on this trip, never even did marijuana, let alone any kind of illegal drug. Like, nothing. Like, he said his friends were like... Uh, do you want us to like get you some edibles or something? Just like maybe try something out before you go do fucking ayahuasca at a in, resort court, in Costa a Rica. Yeah, and he was like, "No, I'll be fine." Well, it turns out he has this really bad trip, and like, oh no, it gets bananas. And it's this whole series is really good. I'm recommending it now because. It's. I think they've released almost every episode. They've really drugged this thing out. I think they're on like episode twelve now, um, so you can like now go and like binge listen yeah. to everyone because some of the exciting stuff happens later in the series. And this retreat also does things like they offer talks about like 
I don't know, selling you shit or like how you can be spiritual because a lot of like, sure. A lot of what surrounds this is that it's the medicine has the medicine, the plant medicine has feelings and it's intelligent and it's taking you on this journey. And like, they kind of investigate that and they're very logical people and come at these things from very scientific perspectives, which makes it very interesting. And I don't know, it's bananas. I think it's crazy that they literally went to Costa Rica and did ayahuasca at a resort is that what um, we're going to do? I don't really no. want to get that sick. <laughs> Fuck no. I do not. That does not sound appealing to me whatsoever. We, I think, could have done ayahuasca and proof. We wanted to. I think Raul would have poked us up. But I don't see an appeal in, like, shitting myself <laughs> to oh. do this drug. Like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds awful. I say that I do either. I think I'm going to pass on that. It sounds terrible. And even, so, like, Ross goes down there and does ayahuasca multiple times. And he has varying levels of enjoyment and even when he had like nice trips because apparently there's different ways to brew this yeah you can do like they call them different like blends so like they give you different ones and on some of them like he has a pretty good time but it still doesn't seem that great right so i don't know what the appeal of this is unless you're you really believe in the spirituality aspect which i think some people really do i don't know why you would do ayahuasca but a little a psa from us not only should you not buy coins from people on the street, maybe just give it a hard think <laughs> before you go. We're not going to tell you not to do it, right. but just think about what you're getting yourself into. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Be smart about it. I mean, I do. I think their their thesis at the end is that if you're going to do this, this seems like one of the better options, but it's still not super great. And like, yeah, some drama happens. And it's not, the series isn't quite over. And I think there's more drama to be revealed. Uh-oh. So... I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the series. It just, it's, a, as someone who runs a podcast, like, the work we do is pretty minimal. Like, I watch a, a one hour show and then, like, basically look it up about? on Wikipedia well, and then. We work so hard. I, had I not even read these Unsolved Mysteries wikis before I read them on the show, I don't know what you're talking about, Samantha. So, going and joining Scientology. And then, like, doing a podcast about it, or like going to Costa Rica and I am doing not a drug. Scientology. I do not want them to know I exist. Yeah, you don't want to. No. Um, that sounds insane to me. Plus, having a full time job and everything else you do. Oh my God, I would die. We're already getting free snacks. Why bother? We already Doesn't have a super Maximum successful. Doesn't Maximum Fun have a cruise? Do they? I think they do. Interesting. Could you imagine if we had a perhaps that's you cruise? <laughs> we should. For the five. We all go on a cruise together. That's actually terrifying. Someone's going to push me over the side of the boat, and that will never get solved. The Max Fun Network seems pretty legit. Yeah. They do, like, that fun drive, like, every... I think they're yeah. doing it right now. Because I listen to a few Max Fun podcasts. They have that, that dog podcast that I think is really good that I haven't oh, which one's haven't that? checked out. It's called Can I Pet Your Dog? Oh, yeah. Which is... Why didn't we think of that? Because that's how I live my life Regrets. constantly. Is just asking people if I can pet their dogs. Regrets. I have so many. Why didn't we start the Law and Order podcast? Exactly. Why didn't we start a podcast about dogs? We still could. I guess we could. When Seems we... like the market is saturated. I mean, granted, the Unsolved Mysteries podcast market was saturated when we got here, here we too, are. but we didn't know about that. <laughs> so We already have the idea of doing a Kitchen Nightmares podcast as a backup. Yeah, that's still on the table. <laughs> It's still on the table. Everyone would be like, yeah, this restaurant seems bad. Don't eat there. Oh, it's already closed? Okay, great. That's what every single episode would be. I've already said the reason I couldn't do a Kitchen Nightmares podcast is I couldn't wait 13 seasons to talk about Amy's baking company. We just have to do that first and then go through the rest of them. They would never be able to live up. Yeah. 
Because that is the best episode of Kitchen Nightmares, and it's the very last one. Although there was a rumor it was coming back, but I, I haven't... I think it is coming back. I haven't heard anything more but about that. I think he's, like, somehow doing it faster. And I was oh. like, that's the last thing no. that those restaurants need. No, not at all. <laughs> they need more help, not less, more frantic help. Yeah. So I think it is coming back because Fox has no idea what to do except give Gordon Ramsay shows. I would watch anything Gordon Ramsay did. I love Gordon Ramsay. One of the great days of my life was when he went to, for Hotel Hell, went to a hotel in Las Cruces that I had been to, and it was highly amusing. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yes. Hotel Hell is okay. It's not my yeah, favorite. It's, it's, not... it's not my favorite. The only reason that it was great was, first of all, they shot it to make Las Cruces look really nice, so thank you <laughs> to the Hotel Hell people for that. They really made it. I think the hotel is technically in Mestia, but whatever. But yeah, Max's grandparents once stayed there while visiting us, and it's I can't remember the name of the hotel now, and maybe that's for the best, so they don't get mad at me. Um, <laughs> but it's run by this woman who really just wants to be a jazz singer, or at least oh. used to be. So I she's think just, I've seen this episode. She's like constantly in the like lounge restaurant area <laughs> singing because yeah. she doesn't actually want to be like a hotelier. She wants to be a singer. So she's just found like a weird way to make that dream come true. Whatever. When my when Max grandparents stay there, it seemed like perfectly nice, and you know, it's like a nice building and all that. Gordon Ramsay has higher standards than most, but it, I just think that woman is nutty. Well, so dealing with her is probably hilarious. Great. <laughs> so that anyway, that was a, a little joy in my life. Nice little Gordon Ramsay related joy. <laughs> you stayed in the same hotel as Gordon Ramsay. Yes. Well, do you think yes. Gordon Ramsay really stays in those no, hotels? That's no. a. Th- but the thing is, is there somewhere nicer around there he could have stayed? Not really. He had to stay somewhere. <laughs> that's so. true. True. <laughs> they like show him going to the Last Cruces Farmers Market, which is really great. So hmm. that is pretty adorable. And he like he talks about the importance of like local things. I don't know. It's yeah. all adorable. It sounds adorable. And he only complains about that woman being crazy. Oh, well, if that's their only problem, then it's not that bad. Yeah. It's definitely not the worst. When that aired, the hotel, like, hosted a screaming party. A screening party? A screaming party? A screaming party. <laughs> that's, ah! that's another thing entirely. A screening, you know, viewing party, I guess. Yeah. And they, the signature cocktail of the night was an effin' Ramsey, which is made <laughs> with that effin' vodka, because Gordon Ramsay swears all the time, yeah. you know? That's clever. That is clever. Having watched Kitchen Nightmares, do you go into a new restaurant and see the size of the menu and immediately go, hmm, no. this menu is way too big. This well, food is it not going to be good. If it's a Chinese restaurant. Okay, well, that's different. I want a big menu. Yeah. Um, some places I am like... When it's like a book. I just have a little Gordon Ramsay over like, my there's shoulder. There's no way you can like, make all this food well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You, at some point, you just have to accept that your food is like disgusting yeah but it's it's worth it to me i guess i'm not a germaphobe no i'm not so i can go yeah this probably they just cut some mold off of it and serve this (laughs) to me so it's still delicious all right i'm not sure i would go that far you know what i mean you just have to not think about those things yes exactly that's true i know you have a fear of uh machine ice yeah i don't i don't get ice when i go to a restaurant yeah because it's the dirtiest. I watched that episode of Oprah, you guys. It's the dirtiest fucking thing ever. Where the little girl like went around for like her school project and like swabbed the ice machines, and they found all the nastiness on them. Also, I don't get uh, lemons. I try and avoid 
like having lemons in my water when I go to a restaurant because those are fucking disgusting. They are just like left people out. put their grimy hands all over them and they never yeah. wash them. Yeah, I mean, uh-uh. I still get salads when I go to a restaurant and that's like your best chance of getting E. coli because people like go to the Whatever. bathroom and then put their poopy hands all over the lettuce. <laughs> Thanks, Samantha. <laughs> Thanks for that image. <laughs> Wow, should we just end the podcast right there? <laughs> this has been a, a, uh, not our best. No. We're going to go eat some gummy bears. All right. Oh. Look, we love you all. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. This episode blows. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask you to, to rate us. Not after this episode. No. But you can find, Wait until next week. You can find us on social media at Perhaps It's You. If you, you want to email us, it's Perhaps It's You podcast at gmail.com. If you have some of those Starburst gummy worms. Please Samantha is still demanding snacks. I, <laughs> I will for the end of time. <laughs> I will forever. We love some snail mail. If you want to throw a buck our way on Patreon, you can get access, yes. access to bonus content. We have done occult crimes, a- alien autopsy fact or fiction, sightings, the ghost report. April's special episode is going to be Deadly Women. Deadly Women. Um, deadly delinquents yes which is gonna be awesome and next month's gonna be mothman uh-huh send our send your ideas our way i think it would be nice if we could do maybe some other things on patreon yeah like other bonus content but i'm not really sure what y'all want so um especially we don't have a ton of time so watching full-length documentaries or episodes of shows takes a little a little bit too much time to do more than one bonus episode in a month but if you have ideas for shorter things you might want um we yeah. could throw them, we could throw them your way we'd like to give you more because you give give to us um yeah is that all we got do you want a special bonus content that's just samantha talking about gordon ramsay that can be arranged i could do that yeah that'd be easy <laughs> i wouldn't even have to prepare <laughs> <laughs> now i kind of want that to exist do you want samantha's version of the icp miracle song <laughs> Perhaps is your ringtone. I would only, we'd have to set a goal. Like this would have to be the, perhaps it's you fun drive. There'd have to be like a goal. Like if and we get a certain number of Patreon and then supporters. you would do that and then people could have it on their I ringtone. would sing the ICP Miracles song. Oh my God. You, you we have listeners, you know you want that to happen. <laughs> you know in your heart of hearts. I don't know if I could do it with a straight face. It doesn't matter what your face looks like. It's, you just have to sing it. Yeah, but I'd be laughing too hard. We'll just do so many takes that oh, it wears I mean, you down. Yeah. I would, yeah so something it. to think about. <laughs> All right. Hope you bought your tote bags. Yeah. We will see you next week with, uh, I swear it's going to be better. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>